Welcome to Mouth Off, a podcast brought to you by Forget Me Not Productions. Mouth Off offers a platform for marginalised groups to get their stories heard. I'm Clary Sadler. In January this year, we released a podcast called Kylie, Deconstructing a Gay Icon. I was joined by a super Kylie fan, Mikey Phillips, and Jay Hoffman, who had previously described himself as a stick or twist fan, although he's since confirmed he's very firmly in the stick camp now. On that episode, we talked about Kylie's early career and did a track-by-track review of her debut album, Kylie. We also talked about the gayest of gay anthems, throwing our two pence worth in, and we also chatted about why it is that us gays have embraced Miss Minogue so much. There's the likability factor, of course. She's funny, personable, adorable, and very charming. Unlike other pop queens like, say, Madonna or Lady Gaga, Kylie has avoided being overtly sexual to sell records. Well, the video for sex is notwithstanding. She's overcome so much, what with her much publicised battle with cancer. And I guess us gays do love a fighter. And she's a, she's a grafter, recently receiving the accolade of being the only female artist to have a number one album in five consecutive decades. So, kind listeners, why do you think Kylie Minogue has been immortalised by the gay communities? Tweet us your thoughts to at one underscore forget. On this episode, we've decided to come full circle with part two of Kylie deconstructing a gay icon. In the previous episode, to coin a phrase made popular by another beloved gay icon, we started at the very beginning with the first album, a very good place to start. We wanted these episodes to be like bookends of her incredible career so far, so part two is going to focus on the dazzling and dizzying heights of Kylie Disco, the perfect remedy to a not-so-perfect year. Hello both, welcome to the podcast. We've come full circle with KM15. I know, very, very exciting. Yeah. Which is a disco return. you beauties <laughs> have you been listening to disco today just to get you in the spirit yes i've had a bit of um where does the dj go <laughs> i had a little quick sort of minute of each song all the way through just to 
you know, just to bring it back. Just to D-I-S-C-O yourself up. Exactly. So what do we think? What are your initial thoughts? I know, like, I think we did sort of say before that we might, wouldn't it be fun to do a live, you know, first listen and live, like, stream our responses? Obviously, that didn't happen. But we were quite active on the WhatsApp group, so we kind of said it as we heard it, didn't we? So what what do you think, going back before you even heard a track, when they were just, like, giving us teasers? So it was, first of all, it was the name of the album. Then it was, like, what, a track listing? Or maybe there was just a few, I can't remember. Was it a few tracks they listed? Then we finally got the whole track listing. And then a few sneaky peeks at the new image and the promo shot. So before you'd even heard anything, what were you thinking about Kylie Disco? Oh, me? <laughs> well, I, I just loved the disco name. I just conjuring up all kinds of stuff. Because, you know, when, when she did the end of Golden and she did that disco section, that was it. I was like, right, we're on for something. Something special is going to happen. That's what I was thinking. Mikey? I was probably thinking, right, Golden was a moment. You know, we forgave Country Kylie because we love her. But I was like, right, this needs to be a return to the dance floor. I was thinking spinning around. I was thinking your disco needs you. And then this is controversial. I love the image of the album. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, it looks amazing. Um, I didn't like the logo. Oh, and I also as well, when I first saw the album cover, I think I might have said this to Clary before. Do you know who I thought it was? I Go thought, on. I thought it was Glenn Close. <laughs> yes. What, doing a disco album? <laughs> <laughs> And how how do we feel about, you know, going back to the curly hair on the cover, having had the straight locks in Golden, appreciating that? I remember seeing it for the first time and thinking, that's not the album cover, that's not official. And then it was official and I was like, oh my God. And then, and then close on the album cover. Yeah, as in with Kylie, everything that always goes, I'm always like a little bit, Maybe unsure because it's different and I'm obsessed quite quickly. Yeah, so you brought Golden up there. Um, I know that was like a really divisive sort of album, you know, amongst fans, wasn't it? I really liked it. I liked that the kind of Nashville thing was trending at the time, you know, with people like, I mean, Amy Wodge was already making a name for herself, wasn't she, as a songwriter? And she, I know she spent a lot of time in Nashville which kind of, I guess, influenced her writing style. I really like that. And I thought, as she is an expert at, she was just trying trying a hat on, wasn't she? You know, this is popular at the minute. I'll try and dip my toe in. I think it was a success. I think it was definitely a success, but I'll correct myself. I think I was nervous of what it was going to be. So when we had dancing, I was like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed. It's like, I just thought she was going to go a lot more country, whereas it was still pop Mm. country. So I was like, okay, we're happy with this. Yeah. 
But one of the best tracks on that album is probably the least disco track, Lost Without You. Ah, okay. It's one of my favorites. Fantastic. I do um, love okay, it. Have you, have you passed out? <laughs> no, no, I just like to let you speak. You know, I don't want to, you know, interrupt. So are, are you, what are your first thoughts? You know, first couple of listens initial thoughts and have have those thoughts remained or have they got have have your opinions improved gotten worse now i don't know about you guys but it's a bit like when we discovered harry potter for the first time like the hype is so big that i think on a genuine first listen i was like okay i think i love it but it all sounds quite samey and then i think as i've listened and obviously we're old school. I like to learn the lyrics. <laughs> so I was learning the lyrics of the songs. I hate not knowing the words. Um, I'm just obsessed. And I think it is a return to form. And I would put it up there with like Light Years, Aphrodite, as a very, what's the word? Very like complete album. Like I don't think there's any weak tracks. Well, yeah. possibly one weak <clears throat> track, which we'll talk about. And yeah. I remember you you saying that um, when the singles came out that you were expecting a um, spinning around moment. Since mm-hmm. since the uh, since I've had time to like take the album in and listen to it, I think I think you probably said in the WhatsApp group that I think it's actually as a whole a spinning mm-hmm. around moment. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say you know do you feel like it's another reinvention or is it a return to form and like Mikey just said return to form. Not that she's ever really done, like, pure disco before, but she's kind of done, like, she's dabbled with disco sort of sounds and influences, hasn't she? And disco pop. So I think, yeah, it was a return to that dance, just glorious, you know. I think, I like, like Jay said, gone. Go <laughs> well, I don't like it when they say return to form because yeah. that suggests that they lost it at some point. And I don't think she's ever done that. No. Really. She always, there's always a standard. So maybe she's lost form and gone back to the level of some other people. Height, but. Maybe it's not form. Maybe it's what we love most from her. Yeah. Okay, I'll agree with that. I I agree with Jay. I think on the disco, not the disco, I'm preempting a disco tour. (laughs) Um, The Golden (laughs) Tour. The best bit of the show was the disco section. And again, I think everyone thought, oh, my God, this is going to be the next step. Yeah. But obviously the crowd reaction. And, like, I know you two pull me up on everything because I'm obsessed with her. But I do feel like I'm, what's the word? I can be critical of her. I was so unsure about magic. I was like, it sounds like an album track. It's not that strong. And now I'm absolutely obsessed. I think I sing it every day. <laughs> yeah. Especially, do you believe <laughs> in magic? <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, you know, I think as well, it was like the perfect, I don't know, remedy for a really pants time that everyone was having. And all of a sudden this just, it felt like a party album. And yeah, we couldn't go out and party, but... How many times, I mean, I was just dancing around the kitchen cooking tea for my kids tonight, you know, just listening to the album, playing start to finish. And yeah, and, you know, she recorded it at home 
set up a studio, learnt how to record, you know, and mix her own vocals. And okay, I know she sent the tracks off to com- producers to finish, but like that's amazing to just learn a skill in your 50s and come up with arguably one of her best albums, certainly up there, I think. I think also, I don't know if you guys agree, but her vocals are insane on this album. They're so strong. Mm. So like like you were just saying, considering she's not in her usual environment, she's at home. Yeah. I agree. I think like insane, like an amazing job. Plus, she's written every track. Wow. <laughs> I've not looked at the, uh, the, the writing credits, but oh, is, it is it co-writing and... And that's not all. What about the excitement we had? Because she's got the biggest selling album by a female in 2020. And bearing in mind, the album only came out in like November. Yeah. Um, and she is the only female to have a number one album in five decades. Amazing. Go Minogue. <laughs> so you've already spoken a little bit about the singles. So let's talk disco singles. Um, the lead single say something released to 23rd of july last year premiered on the zoe ball breakfast show i was there glued um peaked at number 56 in the uk singles chart not bad for someone over 40 i mean you know <laughs> lots of, lots of people over 40 don't even chart so and also um did well in the billboards um dance and electronic sales as she always does that peaked at number three, I think. I loved it, but I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say. I think it's a bit of an odd choice for a lead single from a disco-infused album because, to me, it feels like the least disco song on the album in comparison with the rest. feels more like a dance kind of... Okay, yeah, disco elements, but a dance pop you know Kylie at her best I don't think it set the tone for everything else that followed what do you think I think I didn't even think of it as a disco track but I think it's epic like it's an anthem but I almost feel I don't know if she wrote it for like Covid but I feel like it really spoke to the moment of like um, you know, being together, can we just be as one? Love is love. So, you know, I think like it was the perfect song. I can't believe it was last July. I feel like the perfect song, probably at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, what do you think of it? Um, I do think it's one of her best ones, to be honest. Mm. I do think, I don't, like you said, I don't think it sounds disco. I, I don't know if I would have released that now, knowing what's on the album as the first track. I mean, out of those four that she released, oh, I don't know. Maybe I would have released Real Groove. Mm. I think is maybe maybe the lead single out of those four. I wouldn't have chosen. I would have chosen a different one off the album myself. But of those four, I think maybe Real Groove. I love um, some of her like alternate vocal takes as well, and like the acoustic version. You know, just ah, yeah. oh, go- goosebumps. <laughs> goosebumps because it keeps popping up, popping up on my Spotify. 
Um, you need to download, forget Spotify. We must support artists. I know, I know. Mikey hates then, streaming. But then if I download, what's the point of me having Spotify then? <laughs> get rid of it, Han. Get down and, and buy your favourite track. Yeah, I know, but then I wouldn't list, listen to albums that I wouldn't necessarily go and buy. What about Apple Music? Fourteen ninety nine a month. You can listen to anything. I know, but I can do that on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you're everything that's wrong with the world. Sorry. <laughs> like, obviously, we've started a whole thing now about streaming and stuff. I literally, because I'm obsessed with YouTube, because obviously we're still in lockdown. And I just watched a Madonna record sales on YouTube. And it's insane. Like the first album, I don't know, 10 million, 22 million, 30 million. And it gets to Madame X. And she hasn't even sold half a million. Crazy, isn't it? So it, just, it just shows like the effect of streaming and obviously, you know, the ageism of not being played on the radio. It, it's just insane. I love watching she, on YouTube. <laughs> and I was saying she sold like over 350 million sales. Like she's the biggest selling female artist. No one's going to surpass that because the charts are destroyed now. Yeah. Like I no one's going to, no one's going to beat Madonna. They were saying, weren't they? This is just going, I know we're going off piece now, but um, they were saying um, with Wham getting to number one at Christmas time, they said when it originally got to number one, I read an article, when it originally got to number one in 1980, or no, number two in 1985, wherever it was, a million people went out and bought it to get to that point. And they oh. said for it, for it to get to number one now, it was just 1,500 copies plus streaming. Oh, my God. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they were saying, you know, back in that day, it was one million people that went out and bought it. They their money whereas now it's just did they play it or was it an accidental uh, automatic play exactly. there was nothing there was nothing better than like running into Woolworths knowing a new album or a single was out and getting it mm-hmm. that was one of the best things ever I'm still even excited by iTunes like when an album drops I will buy it like I actually I did have the Apple the iTunes thing, the monthly thing. Yeah. I've actually, I actually just cancelled it because what I don't like about that is when you've downloaded the music and it's unlimited, but now I've lost my membership because I've stopped it. I've lost all the music. Oh, guess it. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, ha- I hate that. If I want to buy something, I want to keep it. Well, that's what I would do now. If I really, if I stream an album or listen to an album and I love it, then I'll buy it. Hmm. Because I like to have have like a physical copy as well. Yeah, on vinyl, I would probably choose to buy it now rather than anything else, though. Yeah. Well, talking of that, how many copies did we purchase of Disco? Uh, how many did you go on then? How I'm guessing, Mikey, all the all the different coloured vinyls, including the clear one, <laughs> and honestly, I got iTunes. I got all the vinyls, including the glow. Oh my god! So there must have been. There was a black. There was a blue. There was a turquoise. There was a glow in the dark. There was a clear. And just to, you know, just to throw that, and you're going to be jealous, but I did actually have a hand signed CD from Kylie. I 
remember so seeing the photo. Amazing. I love Kylie because her stylist knows I'm obsessed. And I don't know if I've told you to this. No, you haven't. Tell us. He, he was with Kylie on a job and he was with me the next day and he was like, oh, Kylie, can you sign this to Mikey? I'm on a job with him tomorrow. And she went, oh, yeah, blah, blah. And he, she went, show me his Instagram. And they showed him my Instagram. She went, I know him. She went, he, comment, he comments on all my posts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no way. So she's seen me. She's seen you. She, she reads me. them. So anyway, we're going off. We're going off track. So anyway, there was a signed copy. Then there's the deluxe one, which looks like a book. Then there's a normal CD. Then there was the cassette. Then she released a load of other cassettes. So I must have about fifty-five thousand. Twenty-five copies of Disco. <laughs> I just got yeah. the one. And I'm just going to put it out there now. I'm telling you now, she's going to do a reissue this year. Uh, reissue. I think with remixes, possibly extra tracks, but there's going to be disco too. Disco too. Well, why don't you mention on her little feed thing, tell her <laughs> that Jay thinks it's a good idea for you to release <laughs> an album version of the Infinite Disco. Yes, yeah. definitely. We need the whole show as well. We do. Oh, yeah, but a, a, an album version of it would be great. Yeah. The, the way they mixed the singles was unbelievable. Mm. So going back to the singles, <laughs> a little se- yes, a little seamless link there. So magic was next. Clary Sadler believe in magic. <laughs> I do, I do. So she dropped that on the twenty fourth of September. Not a massive gap between singles, but that seems to be just the trend at the minute, doesn't it? I again, I don't know if this is controversial. I think I prefer this to say something. I love Say Something. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying anything against that. But for me, as soon as I heard it, it was like a euphoric moment of just, I want to cry. It's so amazing. (laughs) I've got tingles. It was just, as Mikey would say, it was everything. (laughs) And I also, what I liked about it was I was like, yes, this is like retro, but also contemporary Disco, this is what I was expecting from an album called Disco, which I think kind of sets the tone for the rest of it. I don't know. What do you think, Jay? I still think it's a little bit slow. Do you? I love it, but I think it's still slow. I would have gone with a much punchier single. Mm-hmm. And as, as it's gone up, I initially loved Magic. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and then I slightly... My love for it has diminished slightly. Ooh. I know. Do you think that's because you love the rest of the album is just like, wow, it's up there. And then that so. one is like, oh, yeah, it's great. But yeah. the rest of it is fantastic. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that one got to number 53 in the UK. So a little, little bit higher, did a bit better. I think at this point, everyone was just like, what's coming next? Yeah. 
I love it. Twenty. Yes, 23rd of October. Um, again, just a month later this time. I would have said it was my least favourite of the run of singles until I put it on today when I was cooking and I was like, what am I on about? I love it. It's fantastic. I love the horns. I do. I love the horns. I love... It's just, I don't know, camp and, yeah, just fun, fun-filled. What do you think, Mikey? Um just to pick up magic. So like I said, I hang my head in shame because I was like, oh, I'm really not sure about this. And now I'm definitely obsessed. As I said, I sing it every day. Also obsessed with the video. She looks unbelievable. And then love it. Yeah, I think I, that was probably the one I was most instantly obsessed with. Mm, brilliant title um, <laughs> for a song. I just think everything is strong. I think everything is like very emotional, but it's very positive. So it's almost like that happy music that makes you cry a little bit. Yeah. Turning sorrow into, like, positive. Yeah. Yeah, it's a happy song. Is that moving on? Okay. I think, I don't, I think it's just at a level, though, where I think there's much higher levels on the, on the album, I think. Well, stop teasing us, Jay. What are you, what are you releasing as your debut single? <laughs> off the, off the disco album? Yeah. I don't know if we like to talk about that yet, are we? But the money where the mouth is. Let, let's talk about last but not least of the singles, Real Groove, which, well, when was this out? 5th of December. So again, a month later, not even a full month later, the Studio 2054 remix featuring Dua Lipa, who we mentioned in the last, well, in part one of the Kylie deconstructing a gay icon. Be like a nice bookend. We've got... The beginning and, well, not the end, but where where we're at now. (laughs) I think it's a high point for me, not just of the run of singles, but of the whole album. I think maybe a contender for the gayest campist song on there, but we'll chat about that later. Um, I love the arrangement. I love the strings. I like the, the kind of vocoder filter on her voice um, in the chorus. Hand claps, it's cheesy, it's fun. Yeah, what do we think? I think this is probably, and I think the fans are loving this one, this could be something that Dua Lipa released herself. That's why I think that collaboration has worked really well. Because I think it's so current. And just to have another little bitch of the chart, if Dua Lipa did release Real Groove as a single, it probably would have been like top one, two, three. Yeah. And again, because you're dealing with someone who the radios don't really play, that's sort of so annoying. But yeah. It was the same think, with... Oh, go on. No, go on. I just can say, I sing Real Groove every day as well. Yeah. I keep going, Real Groove, Real Groove, you got, got, got that Real Groove. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not just you two you. just left me hanging and I was out there on my own. <laughs> well, you've got such a nice voice. We wanted to uh, oh, darling. have it all. <laughs> Jay, what were you going to say about Real Groove? I really, I love Real Groove. When I first heard it, though, and I spoke with Clary about this earlier, <laughs> the, the song itself reminds me of a Madonna song. Shut up. She's not me from the Hard Candy album. If you let go listen to that, it's, it's the way, she, the, even the, what she sings about, it's the same thing. But... You say we're going to have a lawsuit on our hands. What is it called, Jay? Because I will play a little snipper, snippet now. She's not me. 
Yeah, the, I think it's, I, I haven't listened to it for a while, but it's that sort of chorusy. I don't think so much the music, but definitely the lyrical content. I do know that song, Jay. I did say to you earlier that I didn't, but I do know it, yes. I will say got that similar it has a vibe. similar vibe. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But I'm not saying it's the same song. It just reminded me of it. But I, I watched um, Infinite Disco again today, and it just looked amazing when she performed it. So speaking of that, what do we think of the Dua Lipa, uh, the Real Groove Studio 2054 remix. I'll play a little clip. I love the dirty beat. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I feel like we're in Studio 54, probably illegally for underage. Yes. And my only criticism, generally what you two are saying, I wish you had sung a verse. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when I first listened to it, I couldn't, I didn't know she was on it. Yeah, it was a bit like, again, when Madonna did Levitating with her, you couldn't hear Madonna. No, exactly. I was like, is she on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she does she does a few flips so you can hear her, but I think she should have sung of her. Yeah. But that real groove then, can you imagine that on a hot summer's sweaty night at the Pride or at a festival, really loud, it would have been immense. And also, if you see with this single, she's not done. We've had like the duo thing. Last week we had the remixes that she released on iTunes. There's definitely going to be an album. 
And obviously, she's now released the seven-inch physical. Mm, yeah. So I think, again, because of COVID, I think people are really kind of prolonging the album, which is a good thing, I think. Yes, definitely. I think probably it's my favourite single of the four. Mm. Mine too. So now we're at the point of the singles. What would we have released as a first single? Real Groove, I think, for me. Of the four that have been released? No, of anything off the album. If you were Kylie, what's your first single? Real Groove, I think I would definitely still go for that. I think that's a contender for one of my favourites. I think it's one of the stronger ones. I would go with an absolute bang and I'd be releasing Supernova. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Hitting you right between the disco balls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we were just just about to say, other than the singles, what are your disco highlights? So, Mikey, is is that a highlight for you? 100% 100% Supernova, Dance Floor Darling, Where Does the DJ Go, Last Chance, <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> Love all them. Jay? Um, my, my disco highlight, because I remember when I first listened to it, it was at 5am on the release day. I was up for some reason when I was downstairs oh, with my yeah. headphones, laying on the settee, just uh, moving along with it. And Miss a Thing is my thing. Yes, that is special. Definitely. So I th- hopefully it'll probably be not a single and it'll just be an album gem, but I think it's one of the best things on there. I really do. Yeah. It's breathy. You know, it can, it's chill, but I can just imagine funking it out on the dance floor, you know. Should we have a little blast of it? <laughs> yeah. Just to remind us. Just remind I me actually, I actually prefer that to Real Groove. Controversial. No, it's not controversial. I love it. So I think it's my favourite. I think it's stronger. Do you think? Yeah. I th- yeah. It's the one that stood out to me after after listening to the whole album on that morning. And I was like, oh, what was that one? It was number, it was number two. What was it? What mm. was it? That was the one that stuck out. So, Mikey, you can only pick one, not five or six that you just said. Oh, no. What do you mean? I'm going to play a clip of one now. So your number one highlight 
You've said supernova, but then you said disco highlight. Disco highlight. Um, Be wishless, Mikey. She won't. She won't get you. I think. I think I'm sticking with supernova. I'm obsessed. Okay, let's hear a bit. I think, like you were saying, that is probably the what the one track that literally grabbed me, and I was like, yes. Why didn't you release this as a single? I think that could, I think that could have fitted on light years personally. Mm. Well, she well, she did do light years into supernova on the show. That was probably one of my favourite moments. Huh. Yeah, I know that because I went through the show earlier making notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think excuse. Oh, bless <laughs> me, I think excuse the pun, but like super fresh supernova. Mm-hmm. I love the lyrics, I love the beat, super high energy, bit camp, but yeah, strong, explosive, explosive. Okay. It's the disco needs you of disco. Mm. Wow. Yes. I'm going to play uh, Supernova. My, my highlight. highlight. I, find I find it very, it very difficult, difficult to pick just one. Just one. But I've gone with this oh, one. You tell me I could have just one. No, I have. I've, I have limited it to one. Um, so here we go. I know what you've done. Fashion and attitude right on the money. How about an interview? Talk to me, honey. Was just about to walk out. Turn my body right round. If you want to get down, boy, let's have a ball. This is our last chance for thrown off by that Clary I never thought that would be your favourite one ever not my favourite yeah, one ever but celebrate you. Oh, on that I... album on disco I, you've, you've surprised me completely <laughs> with that one really it was it was between yeah, that say, yeah if, if you told me Abra had recorded that I would not be surprised do you know 
that's one of the reasons it's further down my my pecking order. Mm. How dare you? I just I love the the opening of it. I just the ABBA bit throws me. I love ABBA, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. Personal choice, Clary, so there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it was between that and Celebrate You, that was my two. But I love (laughs) Yeah. Celebrate You was my second one as well. I don't generally I mean I don't even really listen to ABBA, but I just love the fact, you know, I know some people have criticised or called it like a voulez-vous rip-off. I don't think it is a rip-off. She said, I wanted to write a song that evoked, you know, ABBA meets the Bee Gees. And I think that's exactly what she's done. You know, I quite liked that. that She just wanted to set out to write something in the vein of, you know, ABBA meets the Bee Gees. And she succeeded. How- I do like it again, though. I think we must remember that it's all of the songs are amazing. So yeah, it's not like yeah. But there is one song that's divided us all. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I was yeah. going to call. So we've had disco <laughs> highlights. I don't want to say the worst song because there are no bad songs, but maybe disco lowlights. 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 Well, I don't know if Clary put me off this one, but it is my least favourite too. Jay, do you know what that is? It's it's, it's Supernova. It's Unstoppable, obviously. Unstoppable. Really? Crazy dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't dislike it. I just feel on a really strong album, on a really strong run, that it is a little bit... I don't want to say filler. I, if B-sides were still a thing, I would think that that's a really strong B-side. Mm. Well, that makes sense. It's Not just... for Kylie, because she's done really some amazing ones. Like, uh, yeah. Don't, don't start me on paper, doll. Overwhelming this feeling has taken to your eyes I 
Oh, Larry's re- introduced me to that recently. Oh and I'm God. like, <laughs> oh my God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I've just learned. Sounds the most dated. Yeah. The more like maybe she's gone through her mother's record collection and she found that one and thought, oh, I'll sing this one. Well, I heard someone say that it was like a, um, a Diana Ross moment. Yeah. And I can just see, said that. Oh, she said it was. I can either see yeah. Diana Ross coming out of a, a, a birthday cake or a drag queen. <laughs> I think as well, maybe the tempo has thrown us because it's quite a... Uh... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's quite a different pace to anything else. Mm, I agree. Shall we yeah. have a little listen? Yeah, let's treat ourselves. <laughs> Can't stop the beautiful river run. Bright stars shine, then the oh, bright morning comes. Can't stop the rising above the sun. Can you feel it? I just love it though it just I know there's a harmony in there that I love I, I think like the chorus and I like the way that it stops after she says the word unstoppable I quite like that little touch and I like the way the chorus changes um tempo and pace with the rest of the song I just find the verses a little bit of a slog it takes a while to get there and the, think- the kick drum just keeps going all the way through dum, 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 and I, don't I have- think I'm in exactly the place you are because mm. I like that, ooh, yeah, unstoppable I'm here for all that, but I think, yeah, I think the verse is. Yeah. Come on then, Jay, fight for this song for us then. What, what is it what for you? Yeah, what is it that love, you love about it so much? Well, if you're going to call it your Diana Ross moment, what's not to love? <laughs> I mean, Diana Ross is a legend. And it just, it's just got that feeling to it. It's just... It's, all right, it is different to the rest of the tracks, but it's, I, fancy, I fancy myself dancing around the living room when it's, uh, it's on, you know. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's different. Maybe it just doesn't fit as well as the other tracks. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So, it's, that's, so it sort of works in its favour. Either you like it because it's different. Yeah. Because it's probably the most different track on the album. Yes. Okay, Jay, what's your low light? Well, my low light... Simply because I can, I'm looking at the name of it now written down there and I can't tell you what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But I know when I listen mm-hmm. to it, I just love it. But I'm looking at the name now and I just know <laughs> I, what on earth the song is. And it's um, Hey Lovely, Lonely, Hey Lonely. Oh, Hey Lovely. Jay has moved on to the deluxe version. 
Yes, I was going to say, you're on to the... Let's version. You have what you want, hun. This is a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Let's remind Jay, because he's forgotten the song. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as he comes on, I'm like, oh, yeah. Hey, you over I stand by what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise we were doing the deluxe, and I will agree with Miss Sadler, but although I love a deluxe album, I do feel like those tracks are like B-sides. Mm. I didn't realise that. I only know it as a deluxe album because I only... Um, what do you call oh, it? Oh, you stop showing off. So, so wait, so wait. Let me go back and choose. For the normal album, we're dead. the normal we'll album, then. You. Okay, from the normal album then, the one that I would pick as my least favourite, and I know it's going to be controversial. I know what you're going to say. It's going to be, where does the DJ go? DJ go. Oh. Do you think it sounds like Steps? Too much like Steps. No. Yes. They wish, they wish it was their track. <laughs> they wish it was their track. They couldn't... Don't I still love it, because I can still sing it and remember it, but there's something about it that just... Is it the go, go, go? <laughs> <laughs> so I love the opening to it, but I just, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I think it's quite, thinking of steps, they're quite a, you know, camp. If we're thinking of gay icons and gay acts, they're quite camp and fun. So I would, yeah, I think Where Does the DJ Go is quite a, would we call that a gay anthem? That brings me to my next point of what are the gayest disco tracks, not on the deluxe version, but on the um, album version. It's all very camp. I kind of alluded earlier to thinking that maybe um, Real Groove is, is up there. with Maybe that would make gay icon, gay anthem status. What do you think? I quite like the Celebrate You as there being a fabulous gay anthem on there. Just because of the way, it's not my actual choice. Okay. My actual choice is where does the, the DJ go? <laughs> actual gayest thing on there. <laughs> In a good way, like, I'm doing that so negative, like. <laughs> I think the gayest song probably is Dance Floor Darling. Oh. Ah, yeah, I love that one. Let's have a listen but to I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to get my gay on, and I think that's the one. <laughs> The thing is, when she's done um, your disco needs, you know, that's the gayest thing she's ever done. Yeah, that's they, the gayest thing not, she's ever done. They, 
I don't think these ones are there. It's the gayest thing that anyone's ever done. <laughs> Let's have a look at where does the DJ go, and then we'll go straight into disco. Uh, sorry, oh. dance floor, darling. Oh, when the party's over. Yeah. is camp as Christmas. Can I, just, can I just prove the gainer that she actually references Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive? Yes, she does. Oh, that is right. Singing I Will Survive. Survive. Yes, fantastic. So I didn't know that, so therefore yeah. I, I still knew so that. you that lose a gay point. <laughs> you do lose gay points. <laughs> oh. I love that that song is like laden with references like Studio 54, I Will Survive, Glory Gaynor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you imagine three of us when we get together for a dance, for disco dance? (laughs) It's going to take us where the music never ends. (laughs) I think... I'm in agreement with Jay. This would be my second highlight, but possibly if I'm not including um, Real Groove as the most gayest song on the album, we've already played a clip of that. So it would have to be this, which is just beautiful. Oh. Bear me 
Oh, that is just... Is it what you would call like a torch song? Yeah. Yeah. Just like... It just gives me goosebumps when I listen to it every time I do. So I try not to listen to it too much. (laughs) But again, she's speaking to us. She knows our name's Mary. She's calling out to us. (laughs) She's telling us that it's going to be okay. Definitely. It's, um, you know, know, I think on Golden, there was that almost like a a love letter to the fans was um, sincerely ours, wasn't it? Where is this? Yours sincerely. Uh, yours sincerely. <laughs> I think this one, Mikey, you're right. It's sort of speaking more to, it feels like it's kind of linked to the lockdown and how everyone's, you know, how they must be feeling. And I think I remember seeing in, a, in an interview her saying, I don't know where the name Mary came from. I was just kind of singing nonsense lyrics as I was coming up with the melody. And I was like, yeah, we've all got a bit of Mary in us, you know, and I just thought, perfect you know and just what how perfect that it's so it's such a plain name as well but <laughs> you know just speaking it's to very it. RuPaul we're all born naked and the rest is drag mm-hmm. and she just happens to be Jesus's mother <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is that oh, uh, I do love a Kylie ballad mm-hmm. do you know what though she, she doesn't do too many does she no, she's selective no, with them. Yeah. We mentioned the old paper doll, so when she does do it... When she does do it, it's amazing, yeah. 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 Okay, so I think there's only one thing left to talk about, and that is Infinite Disco. Jay, do you want to start us yeah. off? Do you want to correct me with the set list? <laughs> I know you've got your notes in front of you. Yes, because I did it in separate colour pens as well. So I know which was a full, which is a full song and which is not a full song. Very well done. Very good. I know. I thought I can prepare because I know you two know so much. <laughs> well, apparently, I thought that Mr. Thing was in there and it wasn't. <laughs> I actually think I was. I was. Yeah, I was actually. It was Mel's birthday, and that, that was my birthday was present. Birthday <laughs> yeah. Yes. She didn't want. Mel, she didn't want Mel to miss a thing. <laughs> Oh, epic virtual concert. I've sort of like turned my nose up at some of the virtual concerts I've seen advertised and I've been a bit like, oh, it's not the same. Oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, I don't want to pay for that. And I eat my words now. I take it all back. Having seen that, just bought the album alive through our screens. It was um, was very impressive. Do you know what I loved the most? Because I think it was like a Kylie concert. But I love that she didn't even sing Can't Get You Out of My Head. Mm. She didn't go for the obvious this time. She changed it up. Personally, because I've seen her so many times live with certain songs that I'm kind of over now. They're like done to death. Mm. And, I, and I think she got it so right with this set list because it was like even obviously using Light Years off Light Years album, like... It was just so clever. Um, yeah, everything sounded so fresh. That, do you know what? I've written that next to Slow. Yeah. That mix of that version of that song, because I was on the fence with Slow every now and again, but that version was just, it was just sexy. It really was. 
I mixed with love to love oh, you baby mixed yeah. love to love you baby yeah which I've written in a different color though yeah <laughs> yeah very 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 good done yeah it did just feel like you were in a club you know and disco ball I loved all the sort of like laser light shows and how it sparkled off like this you know the gold jumpsuit she had on I was a little bit like, oh, she's not even going to do a costume change. But actually, you just kind of wanted to feel like you were, like she said, just have a party with me, just have a disco with me. And you kind of felt like you were just in a club. I think she felt very invigorated. Like, I was like, she's so full of energy. Mm. The whole you know thing what? was energy nonstop. As I watched it today as well, vocal live-wise, some of it seemed like it was live. Do we agree with me? I know not all of it was, but I was looking at, you know, um, Say Something, when the choir came in, there was definitely vocals at the end that I was thinking... She's ripping it up there. Yeah, I think, like, we, we alluded to this last time, didn't we? Like Mikey said, um, because we'd seen... Oh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm thinking of the WhatsApp chat when we had seen some performances. I'm thinking, what was it where it was sort of, like, looked like a VHS and there was the... When she did the American promo. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And we were wondering, why is it mimed? And I think, yes, possibly singing, singing along to a track in places... But also, like you said, Jay, wasn't that filmed yeah. so many times? And didn't they pick almost like take one, you know, take the best yeah. bits from the vocals and the video feeds? Yeah, I felt like some of it was definitely live. Yeah, I think so as well. Because she, cause she was speaking as well, wasn't she? You know, she would yeah. talk and she would go straight from a vocal into a, woo, let's do this, guys. And I guess, you know, it was also like more like a studio version you know, rather than say a live concert, she's there, the adrenaline is there and the audience are there and she's running around and trying to catch her breath and you can kind of hear that it's not, that it is live. I think she had, mm -hmm. uh, you know, time on her hands. She could have done as many takes of various songs as needed to get it perfect. So... Do we know, was it filmed all in one or was it... Don't know, but I can't imagine it being all filmed in one. I think there must have been a few go. yeah. Do you think? Yeah, probably. It's such a full-on show. I don't think you could do it in one. And a magical moment for me was when she did that little little intro of I Should Be So Lucky. I know. Oh, my Lord. It was just, yeah. Even the opening where she's got the cape on, it's like, do you believe in? <gasps> Wish, do you believe in? 
and then come into my world. Where she, she's where inviting she's, us in. Where she's dressed up as Michael and remember the time. And oh, she, yeah. Yeah. You'd still, you so need to see that. It's like, oh, she channeled a bit of the mic there with the remember the time. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was with her. I think so. I'll have to check that out. There, there were rumours, this was around about 2001, that he'd written songs for her. Really? But I don't know how true. Ooh. It was just a, a little rumour in my head that I can remember. Oh, where have we gone? I I know visual is not brilliant for podcasts, but I just wanted to play a little highlight for me from that. So say something, but the gospel choir moment. This is very emotional, I feel. about the um is it live or not debate i definitely think that last line sounds like a live delivery it made me cry when she was going keep going keep going she's talking to us mm-hmm. yeah she knows we're struggling she wants us to keep going she wants us at the 2022 disco world tour yeah stadium yeah i think she should be brave oh <laughs> I don't. I don't enjoy a stadium. It's too big. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to finish off. I'm going to finish off with a few, with a little bit of press around the album. So, a couple, well, a couple of reviews that I found. I've tried to pick a little mix. So we'll start with one hater, so we can just get our own hating out of the way, and then I'll end with a nice positive one. Okay, so this. <laughs> This is Catherine St. Asaf for writing for Pitchfork. 
So Pitchfork are notorious for giving quite harsh reviews anyway. Um, it says, the album, with a couple of exceptions, has two modes, overly tasteful cruise ship programming and gauche rehash- rehashes. Kylie frontloads the weakest material, maybe passable in a set but fatal in an album where there's no club to leave. Magic has a fizzle, sparky chorus, and the sinuous melody of Miss a Thing has a little confided me to it. Real Groove pulls Kylie's voice into rubber and sends it ricocheting, but none of the tracks go anywhere and lose their energy less than halfway. Monday Blues doesn't bring up energy so much as yank it back, coating its spangles in flop sweat. <laughs> a celebration remake that's lawsuit-level blatant, it's so studied it forgets to celebrate. Not everything is so doomed by comparison. Last Chance is also an obvious homage, this time to Donna Summer's Last Dance. But the scenario comes with its own urgency, and while Kylie is quite transcendent, she does fill the role well. Where Does the DJ Go is ridiculous. Where Does the DJ Go after his last call? Home, usually. (laughs) But it's kind of authentic in its ridiculousness akin to the urgent, emotionally frantic and absolutely real crisis of reigning men or blowing up buildings with a boogie. The overclocked voulez-vous arrangement helps its brittle and a little too fast-sounding stretching the night past its limits. On Supernova, Kylie's voice has more bite and a lot more life than all the other tracks have combined. (laughs) Even before the ecstatic soprano swoops at the end, it is one of the songs in which the album works with her voice, not against it. The metallic robot vocal effects and the intergalactic metaphor collision are desperate (laughs) and evoke 70s space disco novelties like I Lost My Heart to a Starship Trooper. I won't go on to read the rest of it because, yes, it's all still... A little bit on the negative side. She said, Perhaps they heard the sparkling moment where Kylie stopped being disco and resumed being Kylie. Um, That's just talking about say something there. So that's a high point for her. What do we think of that? Very harsh. What's her name? (laughs) (laughs) Her name is, I've lost it now. She writes for Pitchfork, Catherine St. Asaf. Is it done? Well, Cathy sounds very angry, and my suggestion would be to masturbate more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with a nice positive. So this is the Guardian. Michael Cragg says the efficiently titled disco is saturated in Kylie's supernatural mix of high camp and to- total sincerity, taking its cues from the '70s and the '80s disco scene. All buffed staccato strings, rhythm guitar and gold-plated choruses, the album works both as the soundtrack to an escapist, glide around your kitchen, or um, songs such as Magic and Say Something are heartfelt in heightened emotions. While there's nothing as instantly memorable as Can't Get You Out of My Head or All the Lovers, disco benefits from a consistent sonic palette and one that nestles neatly inside Kylie's comfort zone. Free of the pressures of big singles in a streaming era, and often an era that sidelines heritage acts, the album also feels relatively filler-free. 
I would agree with that. Even its weaker moments, the strictly come dancing schmaltz of Miss a Thing, the grating last chance, they are still saved by a prevailing and unwavering belief of the healing power of pop. Mm-hmm. I like that one. That's that's more positive. I mean, shall we also talk about disco being number one in Australia, Ireland, Scotland, the UK, also number one on the UK independent album chart. Oh, and she's only number one in the US top dance electronic album chart, <laughs> number four on the US album chart. And number 26 on the official billboard chart. Mm. I think that speaks for itself. And, and in most other countries. So Didn't there you go, well. Kathy. Enjoy <laughs> that and enjoy your hot bar. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I think, yeah, just... <laughs> Is, should Kathy change her name to Mary? <laughs> <laughs> that song's for her. She was having lockdown blues, I think. Well, definitely something was happening. All in all, though, I think, I don't know what I've read, I think it's been very well received. I don't think. I mean, even those reviews that weren't as good, I think they were still like three out of five stars. So, you know. I think at the end of the day, Miss Minogue is an iconic status. The last three albums have been number one. We don't care about Kathy. We care about the sold-out arenas around the world. And for someone who started in 1988, who is still having number one albums around the world, we're sorry, Kathy. <laughs> but your disco, your disco don't need you. Fantastic. I could have said it better myself. <laughs> well, there we go. We have been talking for an hour and one hour and 17 minutes. We've covered a lot of ground there. I'm really visualising a concert in the gra- in the round and she's going to come out of a disco ball. Yeah. And there's just going to be a disco ball and it's going to be like infinite disco, basically. That's what I'm visualising. You're going to give us what we need. very much for your time very welcome bye bye join me next time when i interview children's author songwriter and disability rights activist gavin clifton always be true to yourself and write from the heart because the most important thing with writing is that what you write comes deep down from inside of you and it is seen read and heard to be authentic and honest 
Being disabled from my own personal experience and along with having a speech impediment writing has given me an outlet, it has given me a voice, so use it to tell your story, with being different it gives you a unique starting point, keeping my feelings wrapped up. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.